You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today I am joined by Shauna. Hello. <laughs> Pastor David. Hi. And Pastor Matt. <laughs> Hi, Malia. And we are a barrel full of energy today. I mean, David doesn't want to be here. I do want to be here. So this is his regular day. I do want to Matt's be here. got a migraine. Shauna told me not to ask her any questions. <laughs> I'm like, who's going to carry this today, guys? But hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is what I'm working with on the daily. Um, <laughs> so I would ask, like, hey, how's everybody doing today? But we've already clearly established that. So No, I'm super excited. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. I'm a little tired, but I'm excited, too. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can tell. Mm-hmm. I can tell. I'm not a little. I'm exhausted. I'm waiting for the <laughs> ibuprofen to pick in to kick in. For I'm, you know what? I'm good. This this headache is actually now like 36 hours old. So so mm. I'm used to it by now. So yeah, I'm ready to go. It's no fun. So we are continuing our deep dive into the Book of Ephesians, and today we are going to um, be looking closer at Chapter Six. Six verses, let's see here, one through 13? Yep. Yep. All right. I know that um, thinking back two weeks ago, we talked a lot about the the parent-child relationship, um, but I know that there were there was a whole another section that we kind of had to fly through. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's one of those things, right, um, that there's really no way to separate them out, but boy, once you've dealt with, you know, this, this idea of honor and obedience and discipline uh it it just didn't leave a whole lot of time for Mm -hmm, anything else and mm -hmm. so we did fly through that section on servants and masters and what that entails and and how we are to respond to each other um and the only thing about that i think i mean it's really simple to figure out on the surface and one of the reasons we could fly through it quickly is because on the surface it's just this idea that look we are still under the go back to ephesians five twenty one and the command to submit to one another out of reverence for christ that mutual submission actually goes through all of these relationships so we're still under that command when we get to bond servants and masters they're to submit to one another mm-hmm. one is clearly in charge the other is clearly um subordinate but their attitude is supposed to be that of mutual submission. And then he gives us the reasons why. Because bond servants, like when you work, you're not just working for your earthly master, you're working for God. So do a good job. Peter says the same thing in Second Peter. Masters, you're not as cool as you think you are just because you happen to be in a position of authority. Don't abuse that authority because God's still over you and, and he judges fairly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the... The text itself mm-hmm. is pretty simple. Sure. Yeah. Can we um, can we kind of go backwards a little bit yeah. and talk about the the context of what a bond servant would have been back then? Because I I think that yeah. this can be one of those where we get a little bit wonky with it. And I, I because think, in our in our yeah. culture it's different. Yeah, and I, I think that's why that that's that's the problem with this, right? Is the text itself is real clear. Mm-hmm. But the implications for us culturally get us tripped up. Mm-hmm. So I, I've heard people argue that we don't need to take Paul seriously. 
I, I mean, I've, I've heard scholarly people tell me, look, Paul disqualifies himself from you taking him seriously in a couple of ways. Uh, one of them is this section. Mm-hmm. One of them is uh, the letter he writes to Philemon. Right. And, and the issue that people will take is, is, look, if Paul is really this moral authority that's that's preaching what God in heaven is giving him to preach, then why in the world would he not take this opportunity to clearly say slavery is bad? Stop it. Right. He doesn't mm-hmm. do that here. He doesn't do it in Philemon. Mm-hmm. And so because he doesn't say that, these people would argue. So you don't have to listen to what Paul says about sexuality. Mm-hmm. You don't have to listen to what Paul says about um, morality in other areas because he clearly gets it wrong here, and so he disqualifies himself. And so we have to talk about that because that's not an uncommon argument for people that want to disqualify some things that the Bible says. And, um, and, and so they do that by saying, well, look, it's a good idea, but we don't have to take it seriously in every way. The problem is, like you say, there, there's a real cultural misunderstanding there when we talk about slavery and when he talks about slavery. So there's a big difference. You taking pictures hmm. over there, Shauna? I was trying to take a picture of David's enthusiasm. <laughs> I see her trying to be like a real sneaky with her I know. camera. I was, <laughs> was just listening. I'm like, yeah. So yeah. David, how would, you, like, how would you define bond servant? Uh, <laughs> I was actually thinking that when you started that. It's like, how would I answer I that? Um, I, I'm not going to. Well, but you get the argument. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, yeah. It, it sounds like a compelling argument, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, you're right. Paul does miss the boat on that. Why would I listen to him? Well, see, the, 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 one of the things is, is when in, in our culture, we hear the word slave. Mm-hmm. Well, mine says slave. Right. Let's say bond mm-hmm. servant. And we filter that through our understanding our of cultural. slavery here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, all throughout the history of mankind and all in every culture, there has been horrible instances of mistreatment. I mean, that Paul addresses that. I am not in any way, shape, or form comparing the atrocities of slavery to mm-hmm. anything modern that we, we deal with. But whenever I read that, I instantly put it into the context of, you know what? I'm not their slave, but I have a job. I work for somebody. They provide my livelihood. You do mm-hmm. call like Pastor I, Matt master. He is, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so when I read those words, I mean, yes, we can debate back and forth of, you know, yeah, evil of ownership and like you. But here, I think anybody listening, you've probably had a job where you felt like you were owned in the sense of like by no means, you know, to the atrocities of Every that. day. Yeah, I mean, because mm-hmm. wow, <laughs> just kidding, you know, just <laughs> wow. If you think about Thinking it, you know, the same I don't, thing. you know, majority of jobs, I don't get to set, you know, you don't get to set your schedule. They're telling you where you're going to be, when you're going to be there. They're telling you what you have to get done and when you have to get it done by. So, I mean, there's there's a crossover of this idea of submitting to the authority of somebody else in work, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and then they're yeah. providing a livelihood to you. Mm-hmm. So that's but whenever I they read couldn't that. leave though, right? Like, I mean, like. Like where, I mean, maybe you can quit. Like I could quit, but like exactly. these people, like That's they, a big like thing. they lost yeah. the freedom to be able so, to to go. So a like lot they of were bond servants scripturally. If you think about it, they they were some chose it because mm-hmm. it was like, hey, sure, it's yeah, it's a means to, to yeah. Off. This sure. gives me a home. This gives yeah. me you know a place to be. Uh, some people, it was you were put into a bond service situation because you owed you know I owe you money. I owe you something. Sure. This is one of the things that's interesting about the entirety of scripture is God. If you follow mm-hmm. the way God laid it out. 
there was places where a person would be put into a servant relationship. Mm -hmm. But what was interesting is God's like, listen, if they owe you $10 million, you can have them for this amount of years. Right. And then you're setting them free. Mm -hmm. Like it don't matter. You know, sure. now if they want to stay with you, they can choose that. Mm-hmm. So even in God's context, he put it where like treat them provision. Well. Yeah, you sure. Know? Like this is, there should not be this. You are my property. Yeah. You are my, it was, there's a debt that must be owed. Mm-hmm. Either you borrowed and you're paying that debt back or there's some, so you're putting that position of servitude, mm-hmm. you know, um, again, that's what I'm saying. When we think about it, yeah, there's probably always been people that mistreated others in that servant mentality um or they were bought you know but that's not the context of the jews right right like that you know you, you hear about joshua you know and he's sold into slavery well that wasn't the context of the jewish people god's expectation was yeah you can be a servant because you owe or you committed a crime and you owe but there's a freedom mm-hmm. that comes eventually mm-hmm. it's not this perpetual you are mine for the entirety of your life that was the context God kind of created in this. Yeah, you know. and I, I think I think that's that's the you know the question of what is bond servant really? What are we talking about? And bond servant has to do with a financial arrangement, mm-hmm. um, purchased for um, a season or a time, and and to pay a debt. Uh, and so the reason that that that's important is because we understand this isn't a I'm better than you I'm more important than you there's some way that I've set myself higher than you so therefore I just inherently get to to own you mm-hmm. um that was that was the that's the racial slavery that culturally we we have to wrestle with when we understand this passage mm-hmm. is that culturally um in our history we have this horrific awful thing that should have never existed that was that was allowed to to continue because it was the idea that for this reason this this color of your skin this this ethnicity i am better than you mm-hmm. therefore i get to own you and i get to control you and that means i own everything about you your ability to breathe and to eat and to live is all on me when we talk bond servant in the new testament we're talking about something different we're talking about this, like David said, this financial arrangement where you you can't. In fact, oftentimes what would happen is is people would sell themselves and their families into servitude. Mm-hmm. The idea was I can't provide for myself. I can't provide for my kids. Mm-hmm. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to sell ourselves. And what that means is now that, that whoever our master is now is responsible. And, 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 they, are, and they are obligated to treat us well. Right, um, but they're responsible for feeding us, for clothing us, for housing us. In return, we will work hard for them for whatever the set number of years is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the idea of servitude that we see here. You have to remember too that when Paul's writing this to the church in Ephesus, he's not just writing to Jews though, right? He's writing to he's writing to to gentiles either greeks or or roman citizens people that have come to know jesus and they still are living in this old system and and part of the the getting this right is him saying look the onus of responsibility falls on the master right 
Just because you're in charge, just because you have this authority, doesn't mean you get to flaunt it or flex it. Doesn't mean you can treat people harshly. And that's why I love Paul's language here when he says, don't forget, right, that there is somebody over you. You and your bondservant are both servants to the same master. So don't think that you can get away with treating somebody harshly and then look at your master and say, treat me gently. Mm -hmm. It won't work. Um, but but this this does get wonky. So so that's my answer, right? When people are like, well, we can dismiss what Paul says. He disqualifies himself because he doesn't condemn slavery. My my response to that is is that we're misunderstanding the idea of slavery in that culture right. because of what we've been immersed in in sure. our culture. Mm-hmm. Slavery is wrong, and certainly we would advocate against people selling themselves into um, bond service, right? Uh, we, we would say that's that's not the way we function nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. But in that culture, that was a very common way to provide for you and and those that you were responsible for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and, um, and and the onus yeah. was on on then those in authority, mm-hmm. especially under the Christian faith, too. You can't treat them like the rest of the world does. Right. The rest mm-hmm. of the world looks down on these people. You are not allowed to. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to treat them with kindness and gentleness yeah. because you got to answer to God. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that yeah. answers yeah. the question. Yeah, I think context yeah. is so, yeah. so it huge. Is. Well, and it's so easy yeah. when we don't know, yeah. mm-hmm. right? When this we don't just... know and all we're focused on is what does it say and what's the, what does it mean to me? And right. I think we talked about this yeah. a couple yeah. of weeks ago, right? That mm-hmm. is the worst way to look at scripture yeah. because mm-hmm. what it means to me is not the most important thing. Right. What does it mean mm-hmm. is the yeah. important thing. Yes. And then how do I understand it mm-hmm. in my context yes. is important, but mm-hmm. but not what does it mean to me, but what does it mean? Right. And and looking for yeah. what it reveals to us about God mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is so huge because yeah. I mean you see God's provision for people um that would be, have been considered less than and um his his generosity and kindness there well we so, also have to remember with this passage and the other ones even in the old testament all of it we can't set on this moral ground of condemning those that use scripture for their own yeah people have twisted this mm-hmm. oh absolutely. You know, yeah. in america mm-hmm. sure. it's been twisted and yes that's horrible but all of us need to uh-huh. stop and say, well, wait a minute. There's also probably parts of the scripture that I've twisted oh, to, for make, sure. to make it here the way I wanted uh-huh. to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes, horrible that people have twisted scripture to do what they have done to people. But at the same time, that's a pause for me to say, okay, maybe not to that degree I'm hurting others, but how am I twisting scripture? Because we're all guilty of mm-hmm. reading it the way I want to read it to make it prove what I want yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah, right. that's and yeah. So just realize tragic. that. Right. We all mm-hmm. do it. And horribly, people have suffered greatly because of how mm-hmm. people have misinterpreted I, scripture. So I know a woman. I know of a woman. Mm-hmm. I guess I should say I don't know her personally, but this has been brought to me. Who will try to argue from scripture that people of opposite races that it's sinful for them to get married, right? That mm-hmm. it's sinful for for someone who is black to marry someone that's white, or someone who's mm-hmm. Hispanic to marry someone um, who's Filipino, I don't know, mm-hmm. but but she would argue like passionately that this is against the word of God and it's sinful. And I'm like, okay, well, mm-hmm. show me that because I've read the Bible really carefully. Mm-hmm. And she will go back to back to um, 
things in Genesis or even in Ezra and Nehemiah where mm-hmm. where you know there's discipline in the community because they're intermarrying with mm-hmm. other nations and she said, see that's proof well no 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 mm-hmm. contextually that was intermarrying with other faiths and mm-hmm. and intermarrying with people that that worshipped other gods and we still know that's wrong today mm-hmm. we shouldn't marry people that Practice, Christians practice yeah. other faiths. Yep. Um, but that has nothing to do with race. It yeah. had everything yeah. to do with religion and spirituality. And so it's like, but but she can point to that text in scripture mm-hmm. and say, see, it's like, no, 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 we, we have to understand context. It's so important because we could do like David, like you're saying, we could do a lot oh, of gosh. damage, yeah. a lot of damage. And so, you know what? And people with, have. <laughs> and she will loudly talk about that. Mm-hmm. She will loudly talk about that as being a Christian thing mm-hmm. to Wait, is anybody... this someone that... No. I, okay. No, no. <laughs> I was like, man. She will loudly... Just, Scott and I are an abomination. That's right. <laughs> she, she, she would agree. <laughs> um, but, but this is somebody that will loudly talk for God uh-huh. in yeah. that way. And so by, by her doing that, she's painting all of us that believe in the Word of God and understand it. She's painting all of us in this light, right? So, so that people that she's encountered... She's now a stumbling block. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I want to talk to them about Jesus, they're like, I don't want to talk to you about Jesus. Yeah, I hate yeah. that. Um, and, and so it really is problematic, and we really do have to do better. Mm-hmm. And this is just a good example of how we need to know what it says and yes. what it means first before mm-hmm. we even figure out mm-hmm. what it means to us yeah. or for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. So, Which is why yeah. I think it's just one of the side benefits of the way we've been doing a lot of our sermon series this yeah. year, doing verse by verse, because I think that's just a really good side effect of what we're doing and, and getting us all in the practice of doing that first. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I think yeah. that's, that is a benefit um, mm-hmm. to, to doing it this way. Mm-hmm. So I hope mm-hmm. that people are getting that from it. Yeah. So. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Sean, I saw you like flipping furiously in your Bible earlier. Did you find something that you wanted to, to well, talk about? I was just looking at, <laughs> I don't know, when we were talking about servants and slaves. I mean, Matt uh-huh. kind of explained it just about like um, is it Hagar and Sarah. Mm-hmm. When he when she is like, okay, oh, you're my Sarah slave, but man. go away and now, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you had a baby with my husband. Yeah. And like, I was just thinking, like trying to wrap my mind around all that. She like and how... Yeah. As yeah, far she, as like, like physically abused yeah. her. <laughs> right. She did. And, and just yeah. like how that, like, how is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe it's the same thing that, that they, she needed to live there to provide, but like, it just feels like the well, context of like, gotta, gotta of remember, the ownership. Context feels, is different, right? The Jewish nation had no yeah, thing true. at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Right. That okay. God is in that instance, God is calling Abraham out to establish a nation and to give that nation laws that doesn't mm-hmm. happen for years and years right. and years. Mm-hmm. So they're still so operating it... under an old cultural system, which was a system of ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So, but I feel like that may, might be where people get it could be like caught could up be. in that because they read this and you're like, okay, so you're owned basically. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I so, think, yeah, I I think was ultimately, to, yeah. ultimately, yeah. I think I think there is as we read through the beginning of Genesis mm-hmm. and and even what's happening in in Egypt and some of those mm-hmm. things is that the you know, we don't have this established, this system. And so slavery mm-hmm. all throughout the history, mm-hmm. take, take, take um, the Jews out of, out of the equation mm-hmm. and what we read about them in scripture and the laws God provides. Slavery is always a thing. Right. Um, you have nations conquering nations and what do they do when they conquer a nation? It's not mm-hmm. racial it, it, like, like it is in our context yeah. when we look in our history. It's, it's, 
we've conquered your nation, mm-hmm. right? And so we're taking your nation. We're 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 killing we're killing your soldiers. Right. Um, we're taking your women mm-hmm. and children, and they now belong to us. Right. And so this is the system that they've they've set up. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels a little weird to be like, you know what, like you're mine, I own you, and I need you to have a baby yeah. with my husband yeah. that I want. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just feels like, the, I can it's, understand why people are like, it's all get kinds of, the it's all kinds of bad. Like, and just because, is, just because like, that happened doesn't mean that God didn't hate that. It, it was true. Still sin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. I think that people get that twisted, like sure. with the whole God doesn't like women kind of rap oh, that the sure. Bible gets. Yeah. Because it's all pulled out of context mm-hmm. where it's like, no, just because these men had multiple wives does not mean that God said that was okay. That God wanted that yeah. or, or yeah. that this mm-hmm. happened. So I think mm-hmm. part, of, part of what we have to understand about that too is, is that it's one of the reasons why I think we can... If we can, if we can understand it appropriately, it's one of the reasons we can trust the Bible. I think more than <laughs> yeah. evidence that we shouldn't, because the Bible doesn't hide right. from people's grossness. Yeah, yeah. right. right? Yeah. Like, like, like the it's Bible, not like Moses, Moses like isn't a, yeah. writing mm-hmm. the story of Abraham and cleaning it up for us. Right, right. He's yeah. giving it a, a, as it yeah. is. Right, mm-hmm. and so, so just because it's in Scripture doesn't mean oh. Okay, well, that's something we should celebrate or emulate, or God thinks that's good. No, mm-hmm. that's just what happened, and mm-hmm. they're just giving us the unabridged yep. version of what happened, warts yeah. and all. And so, to me, mm-hmm. it's like that—that's just—it's one more reason to trust what what the word tells me is—is is they weren't mm-hmm. hiding mm-hmm. from the brokenness; um, yeah. they were just giving us the straight story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that yeah, was really that was different. clearly yeah. like in mm-hmm. case nobody's ever said this, and mm-hmm. somebody's listening, that was bad. Right. <laughs> yes. right? That yeah. was bad. That should. <laughs> Right. not have been mm-hmm. that wasn't god ordained mm-hmm. in fact that contradicted god's plan mm-hmm. and god says to them no i, right. I this is not mm-hmm. what i wanted for you and then when they send when they send her away they send hagar away to die right mm-hmm. god steps in and says no 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 yes. no that's not okay and he yeah. provides and he cares mm-hmm. for her and her child um mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. he's not going to allow them to just discard her right. mm-hmm. like they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And because all of that's happening in all of the nations, the slavery right. mm-hmm. and the ownership that's happening, that's why when God sets apart with the law for Israel, right? And he, and he tells them now, this is how you're to treat foreigners that live among you. Mm-hmm. This is how you're to handle when somebody is your bond servant. This mm-hmm. is what the year of Jubilee is and the opportunity for everybody, whether they've earned it or not, just to be free, mm-hmm. right? And, and that was so countercultural, right? That was yeah. the whole point mm-hmm. of the nation and following all of these moral and religious laws and civil laws. It was supposed to make them so different mm-hmm. that they were different than every other nation. And every other nation was supposed to see how much better it was to operate this way that God had instructed. And that was supposed to be attractive. And that um, they didn't live that way faithfully, but that's what it was supposed right. to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that included yeah. the way they handled um, this issue of slavery sure. and bond servitude. Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. Um, let's transition into the next um, yeah. section of text with spiritual warfare. So I think you kind of touched on this on Sunday a little bit, but what, what kind of, Shauna, I'm going to ask no, you a question, I, but it doesn't, it's, yeah. Trust me, it's yeah. a it's a safe question. Ready. What kind of comes to your <laughs> mind? What comes to your mind? Because there's no right or wrong answer. Um, when no, it, Matt's going to say that's when wrong. You hear, <laughs> when you hear, when you hear, we talked about that earlier Amen. when you were here. Yeah. yeah. What comes to mind when you hear the phrase spiritual warfare? 
Um, oh, sorry. I forgot my microphone. <laughs> um, that uh. Satan is just under like a personal attack on me. Like not only like not just me, but like it's me and everyone, other Christians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that um, like literally a, a war against my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I was just was thinking, right like, I got, well, I was <laughs> You're thinking, like, good. like, the misconceptions, <laughs> like, I think people kind of get a little freaked out about spiritual warfare. Well, and to be fair, they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, but I mean, it's, even it's, just the words, it's, it's like, not, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. that there's a demon at the bottom of your bed waiting right. to grab your feet right. when you step out of bed. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, it's different than that. But I, I think we tend to think of, you know, mm-hmm. things that are, that are more Culturally, tangible. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. But... But man, they should be freaked out by spiritual mm-hmm. warfare because mm-hmm. it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I just think, Shauna, when you're talking about that, like Christians under attack, mm-hmm. I think also when we think spiritual warfare in a in a less, it's a different way, right? Mm-hmm. But everybody else is under attack too, right? Oh, for it's sure. It's not yeah, just Christians. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. the goal of the attack becomes yeah. different. Yeah. Right. The the first strategy of mm-hmm. Satan is to steal people into hell mm-hmm. right sure. he is damned to hell yeah and he's trying to get as many people away from mm-hmm. god as possible well i have yeah. a question and after so that thought. okay um and and so the the idea is right that that um i think he's trying to blind and we say that we know this right that the god of this world satan has blinded believers he's mm-hmm. there's a veil over their eyes it's why the wisdom of god Sounds foolish to people right. that are far away mm-hmm. from God. That's spiritual warfare. Yeah. Um, and that's happening on a cultural level, mm-hmm. and it's happening to the people we love yeah. and care for. I think um, as Christians, though, we realize that. Yeah. And a lot of non-Christians have no idea well, it's happening. Th- if you know? they had an idea, I mean, like, they would be a whole lot closer right. to Jesus, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so I think that, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I, like that. I mean, that's a you know conversation that Tim and I had. We were talking about just some people who are you know influential with our kids and... Mm-hmm. And, you know, he reminded me again, he's like, okay, you know, it's not them we're fighting. It's Satan that's mm-hmm. working through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it's just, yeah, like, it's easy to get caught up sometimes in the frustration when you see, you know, n- non-believers under attack and then get frustrated. And it's like, okay, this, that's not our enemy. Like, yeah. they're doing a really good job or Satan's doing a good job getting getting them and it's hard yeah and it doesn't mean that we don't confront and it doesn't mean that we don't do those things but i I think it helps to have the correct lens on Mm -hmm. and the correct lens on is that those people Mm -hmm. need to be rescued right as much as anyone else Mm -hmm. think of and we'll go back to movies right um did you ever see the avengers the first avengers movie yes okay so loki has she said that with confidence too so Loki, I did not. I did not see it, Matt. Oh, what? oh I don't know why you asked me. I said, "Don't ask me questions." Well, okay, the, and then I lied and said I did. In the fir- that's why we don't out? ask you. In the first Avengers movie, Loki has like this little staff thing, and he touches people with it, and all of a sudden they're under a spell, mm. right? Sure. And, and if we think about it in in a kind of a real simplistic way, that's kind of what's happening. People that sure. don't realize that they're under mm-hmm. a spell. They don't yeah, realize that absolutely. they're that they're programmed to see the world in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so when they do things that cause us grief, and mm-hmm. they will, or right. cause our kids grief, mm-hmm. or or things that, that try to drive people away from truth, right. they're not doing it of their own volition. Right, exactly. Right? They're, mm-hmm. they're doing it because they're caught up in a current in a system. And so mm-hmm. part of how we pray, right, is mm-hmm. we pray for them. We, we pray for them to, to have the veil removed. We pray that that God will mm-hmm. bind 
the work that Satan is doing in them yeah. before it impacts our other people. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, like Tim mm-hmm. said, right, we have to understand that they right. are, they're really pawns right. yeah. in this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, a question that came to mind when I was listening to the sermon on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I hope that I wasn't the only one wondering this, <laughs> yeah. but... Okay, so we're, we're talking about how um, powerful Satan is mm-hmm. and all the schemes and all the ways yeah. he attacks and um, tries to, to devour us and our children and our grandchildren. Um, how did Satan become so darn powerful? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair question. Yeah. I, I think God created Satan to be powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we go back to, to read that, that text in Isaiah, God created Satan to be a powerful angelic being um that power has been um broken and and marred by sin Mm -hmm. right when satan rebelled but the power didn't disappear um so so you might argue that satan is as powerful as some of the uh michael or gabriel or some of these other Mm -hmm. angelic beings that god has Mm -hmm. created that are still um worshiping and serving god well so can't Um, couldn't they if they were as powerful as satan couldn't they just like I mean, why why is he, does he have such a firm grip in our world now? Because sin has entered our world, mm-hmm. and sin broke our world, and so this is the dominion of sin right here. And and, and our job is is to push back at that and mm-hmm. uh, to be salt and light and to rescue people from hell. But um, I, I, I don't. I, we have to be clear when we think about Satan's power, and and movies have have kind of done this to us. Um, I won't ask you if you've seen it, but Thanks. but um, you do know about Star Wars, right? Yeah, I had a Darth Vader in my office. Okay, cool. Right? All I know is, is I've never Star seen Wars? Lucifer. Right, you've never seen <laughs> the show Lucifer. Don't watch that. But, but the idea is, right, like in our world, mm-hmm. we tend to think like there's these equal opposing forces right. of good yeah. and evil and mm-hmm. God and the devil, mm-hmm. and they're both equally powerful when and we know fighting God's each more powerful. other. Yeah. Right? Satan is a created being that God is allowing for this age mm-hmm. to have dominion over this planet. Why? Because when he, when he when when Satan rebelled mm-hmm. and was cast out, like couldn't God have just been like zap and he was gone? Yes. So why? <laughs> You're so so I Is this he, above your pay grade? So so here is the thing that I'll say and, and mm-hmm. we could we could explore this and try to come up with answers, but sure. really what we'd be trying to do is to free God of guilt. Right. And God's not guilty. Right. Whenever we have conversations like this, we're like, well, why didn't God do it this way? And why didn't mm-hmm. God do it that way? And what mm-hmm. we're really saying is God's guilty because he allowed these things. Sure. And that's a dangerous game for us to play. Mm-hmm. And so I know it sounds like a trite answer, but the reality is I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because Dang. I'm not God. <laughs> and and this is where I go back to, and we like to make fun of Matt for this. I get it. But this is where I go back to Deuteronomy 29, 29. Yes. And I and I and I have to I have to just rely on this truth. There's a reason that the Holy Spirit inspired Moses to include it. And and that truth in, in Deuteronomy 29, 29 just simply says that there are secret things that belong to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our job is to focus on the things that he has clearly revealed to us. Yeah. He has clearly revealed to us that Satan is powerful and active and at work in this age at this time and that we are to stand firm against him Mm -hmm. Um, when i have the mind of christ when i'm in glory i will ask the question 
How come? Right? Why was that? Why was <laughs> that so the best questions. way? so many questions. Why was that the best way? Why was that the most effective way? Because I know that it is. Right. I can't see it, mm-hmm. but I know that it is, right? Because here's what I know, that God is omnipresent mm-hmm. and he's omniscient um, and he exists outside of time. So, so what's happening now is absolutely the best way for God to accomplish his purpose yeah. in our life and in this world. And, and, and that's just a fact. Yep. I can't see right now how this was the best way, but it is. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I plan to, uh, to sure. see it all laid out at right. some point when I'm in glory. Well, it goes back to, I think we talked about in another podcast that our limited knowledge is yeah. so, so limited compares to God's. And right. so we just, yeah, go back to what, what, mm-hmm. what he tells Job, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who are you mm-hmm. that you think you should question me? Were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? When I when I told the, the water it could come this far and not a little bit further? And when I did all of this? And have you seen where I keep all of the snow and the lightning and the rain in storehouses? And like, like this idea that, like, who do you think you are to question me? And it's a fair ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah. But I, I get the question. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. That just kept swirling in my yeah. brain. I was like, "How is he so powerful? Yeah, Why? I think he, he's powerful because because." <laughs> and then you just spiral. A little God bit, created yeah. him to be powerful, <laughs> and when he mm-hmm. fell, um, and, and and when sin entered the world, um, God allows him to have mm-hmm. for a short time um, this dominion. He's defeated. Ultimately, we know his end. Um, and and his end is hell, and hell is not a place where he's going to go be in charge. Mm-hmm. Hell is a place where he is going to be um, sent mm-hmm. to suffer, um, not not a place that he gets to go rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was listening to something this morning that was talking about heaven and hell, and um, and I think I kind of knew this, but just to hear it laid out sometimes is helpful. Um, but the, I can't remember who the guest was on the podcast, but he was saying that. Um, we think of hell when we hear the language of like fire and lake of fire and torment and all these things that we always just, our minds go to physical torment, but that it's, it's so much more than that, that it's mind and heart. And so like, it's just, it's not a place we want to be. I think, I think we struggle. We struggle to, to talk about hell because we have no context. Mm -hmm. And that's why people always go to this. Oh, it's this physical torture because to us, that would be the worst thing. Mm But here's the thing, and I think this is something for us that we can maybe start to begin to to wrap our heads around. It's a feeling of hopeless. Mm -hmm. And there are people, like I felt hopeless before for a minute, Mm -hmm. like for a minute. And there are people that feel hopeless a lot harder than I do. Yeah. And there are some people that feel so hopeless that they can't possibly imagine anything ever being better or different. Because their life is void of hope. Mm -hmm. The thing is, it's not really. Mm -hmm. Because they live in a world where God is present. Hell is going to be a place that is quite literally devoid of hope. So if you think about the worst feeling that the person with the worst mental health and, and depression and anxiety and hopelessness and despair, if we think about that person and what they go through, that is so much lighter Mm-hmm. Than what hell will actually be like mm-hmm. eternally. Well, what's right? the saying that, that 
this earth is the closest thing that some people will get to heaven. Right. And it's, but for Christians, for believers, it's the closest thing that we'll get to hell. Right. I think, and, and that's, but I, but, oh, I think, so yes, torture, physical, yeah, whatever, it's going to be bad, but, but emotionally, mm-hmm. like, I don't think we can even wrap our heads around this idea of what this eternal hopelessness will be like. And I say that and some people are like, no, I get it. I've been a Cubs fan for a really long time. <laughs> Or bears this season. Right, Jeez, but, but this is, I mean, I'm talking like mm-hmm. I have no desire or will to go on, mm-hmm. but yet I must every day yeah. with no positive outlook, no hope that things might improve, no reason to to have any kind of, of hope, and it will just go and go and go forever. I mean, remember, this is the place that was designed as punishment for Satan. Mm-hmm. This powerful being it wasn't designed for us. It was designed for Satan, and uh, that should tell us that it's pretty awful, mm-hmm. right? We just—I mean, I—I I don't know. Like the emotional thinking about that emotionally, it, it, for me, is a much more realistic um, mm-hmm. way to understand than than thinking about the torture and the physical pain. Um, David, when I was reading through um, this section that we're in, and, and probably a little bit into this coming Sunday's um, few verses, I noticed that there's a lot of like stand, stand against, stand therefore, um, stand firm, and then yeah. So why do you think that that Paul uses that language? What what is it about standing? So when as you guys were talking, I was thinking about this and I don't, my, my disagree, there's no disagreement with what Matt said. I see it from a different direction, I think a little bit. Um, so asking, you know, and I'll answer that question by going back to your other one, the, mm-hmm. the power of the, you know, why is Satan so powerful? Yes, he is powerful, but I, I, I feel like we focus on it for the wrong, the wrong way. He's powerful because of the context that he finds, like the environment he's in, mm-hmm. not because he's in of himself powerful. So let me explain. Like, you take like a shark. This is what I'm thinking as I'm sitting here. You think about a shark. You throw me in the ocean. I'm in its environment. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Like I have no chance against you know a great white shark in the ocean because I'm in its environment. You take the same animal. You take a shark and you put it in my context. There's still a danger there, but the power shifted. Like I have the ability, like I don't even have to go, you know, like near it. It's like, so when I think about Satan, I think about, what about land sharks? Okay. Okay. Trying to be serious here. (laughs) Throwing that out there. Anybody that isn't old enough, that's a reference to old seventies SNL. Yeah. So just FYI. Um, but so this is where my brain was at. Let me get back I'm on thought here. Trying to follow you, David. I'm trying to yeah. go back on thought here. <laughs> so this is what I'm trying to say: is is yes, Satan has power, but but we give him more credit than he's due. He only has power when I choose to exist within the content, the environment in which he has power. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if I choose to go into his dominion, yes, he has power, but he's powerless outside of his dominion, his environment. So we, we give him so much. It's kind of like when people, it drives me nuts, and, and I've said it before, but it drives me nuts when I see people post anything that shows, like, you know, the Jesus and Satan arm wrestling kind of <laughs> thing, you know, like two, you know, yeah. you know like they're, they're fighting it out. It, it, it's, 
it's not that way. He is powerful, but only in the environment in which he has power. This is why scripture tells us things like live in the light, you know, reject darkness. Mm -hmm. I go into darkness. I embrace darkness. I am entering into the environment in which he has power. Okay. So, of course, he's going to be powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm in his environment. I'm in his dominion. I mean, even you go back to this, it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We, we read the, the thing where it's like, it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers. We focus on that, like, oh, look at all that authority, you know, all that, you know, this power. But it says, in this dark age, or, in, you know, in this dark world. The power is only because of the environment, the environment of this dark world, of this sinful, you know, as Matt alluded to. I mean, I'm not saying we disagree, but, you know, like we we make Satan out to be like, oh my goodness, he's so powerful. Mm -hmm. He's not if I'm not in his dominion. Hmm. We are called not to be in his dominion. So when I hear the word stand, stand firm, I I, I picture that as the, you know, we, a lot of times we picture that as the, be the, the soldier on the line that's standing firm against every attack. And yes, that's true. But I also hear that as a, you better pay attention to where you're choosing to stand. Mm. You know, like I'll go back to a Star Wars analogy. <laughs> you know, sorry, Shauna. Listen, you know, it's what you know. Um, so, so you have this moment of, you know, uh, I love how Shauna's looking at me. Like so, <laughs> you, you have one of the movies, Revenge of the Sith, uh, has this. Nope. Yeah, so so it has this moment where, uh, um, you know, Obi Wan's fighting Anakin Skywalker, and his, and and and. Obi-Wan jumps up and he's on top of the hill and, and, and he's, and Anakin's looking at him and he's just like, he's going to attack cause he's just so hateful. He wants to attack and Obi-Wan's don't do it. I have the high ground. My I'm, I've positioned myself in authority over you. And so when he attacks, he easily defeats him, right? Because it's, he's standing in a position of, mm-hmm. I have the high ground. This is what I'm saying a lot of Christians is we think we have to be stronger than Satan. No, you just have to have the positional authority of where you're standing stand firm in your position Mm -hmm. if you choose to put yourself into his environment you are going to lose right because that is not the environment we're called to live in stand firm in the positional of authority and and so so that's why you know because you get a lot of christians that wrestle with with warfare and and they're just like how's this happening to me it's like well where were you choosing to dwell you can't blame God for... This is why I, I love also in the Old Testament, it talks a lot about he is our strong fortress. He is our... Well, a strong fortress is only has value when you choose to stay in the fortress. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, so, so a lot of times as Christians, we... we well, God, why? Well, where were mm-hmm. you? Where were you standing? Mm-hmm. Where were yeah. you dwelling? You can't blame the fortress. <laughs> like, you didn't protect me. Mm-hmm. It only has value when you're in the in the fortress. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm saying when I hear the word stand firm, yes, we are called to stand against the attacks and all of that. But it's also, we have to ask ourselves, where am I, where's the environment that I'm choosing to stand in? Mm-hmm. Right. Am I entering into his environment into his dominion where he has that authority? He has been given the authority in darkness and sin. I can't blame God when I'm getting beat in places that I was never meant to dwell. Mm-hmm. Live in light, flee from darkness, eradicate. You know, so that's that's when I think about warfare mm-hmm. and his power. That's how I see it. I think you you go back to to that first part, right? And I think what you're talking about and describing is is how he starts, right? Stand stand firm. How in the power of his might? 
mm-hmm. right? Like, because you have nothing that is is worthwhile to stand on or for. But but in his power, his fortress, his strength, in his position, that's where you get to stand firm, right? It, it has nothing to do with you, um, or at least nothing good to do with you. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the other thing, real fast, I just this is before, and and I was thinking about this also. Again, these are thoughts I haven't had before until I was sitting here listening. And I kind of got to the point, I don't like the term spiritual warfare. Hmm. I think it's a, a foolish term. And here's why I started thinking about that. It's not an issue. When we say spiritual, we instantly are categorizing different elements of life. Well, that's my physical life. This is my spiritual life. This is my emotional life. It's just warfare. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we are at war. It is warfare. We, we give it this spiritual element. So then we want to make it like certain things in life. Every, here's the thing. We had this conversation during our discipleship group on Sunday. Uh, we were talking physical and spiritual. And, and do they overlap? Here's the thing. Every experience of my life, every experience, it, there's a spiritual element to it. Mm-hmm. They're not separate. There's, yeah. there's nothing separated between it. Satan's going to come against me in every relationship. If I don't feel good, if I'm, you know, he's coming at us all the time. There's no such thing as a separate spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. It's all intermingled together. Mm-hmm. And I think as I was sitting here and we were talking, I was thinking about this. It just, and again, I'm not saying this is a complete thought. This is new. Like I was sitting here like, why do we have to brand it? Like it's the separate thing. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's warfare. It's all warfare, everything, every decision, every relationship, every conversation, every it's so anyways, that was just something I was thinking of earlier that's still rattling around in my head on how we try to separate things sure. and categories. Yeah. I think like, we call it spiritual warfare. I, I don't disagree with you, right? It is a physical uh, or, or it is something that's that's a constant, not. But I think I think the reason that, that we call it spiritual warfare is because the way we battle is not physical. And so I think, you know, there's this, there's this melding of the two, right? We know this is, this is just our everyday war that we must battle and we must wage. But the way I stand in the strength that God provides is by writing myself spiritually, standing in the light, being holy because he's holy. These are the ways that I battle, not necessarily that I dig in and I attack the person that's bothering me or that's bothering, you know. Um, and so I think that's why we do it. But but I, I get I get your point. It makes sense if we just could have ourselves in a mindset of we are just at war. It's like uh, John Piper says in, in the book, Let the Nations Be Glad, right? Like, like life is war. Mm-hmm. Um, and talks about prayer as our wartime walkie-talkie, right? Like, like it's it's not an intercom, so we can find out if dinner's ready. But it's a walkie-talkie for wartime because life is war, and we just need to know that going in, um, as opposed to um, God exists to make me happy, healthy, wealthy, and glad. No, I'm at war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good way to look yeah. at it. So let's wrap this up a little bit. Um, where are we? Where are we headed this week, Matt? Uh, we continue this week. We talk about so what does it actually look like to put on this armor that God is offering? Right, Paul mm-hmm. tells us twice in, in in the last couple of verses that we are to put on the full armor of God so that we can stand in God's strength. So now we're going to look at okay, what exactly makes up the armor? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he's using physical things, but he's going to be telling us about sure. spiritual realities. Um, and so we'll we'll kind of look at 
those spiritual realities that we need to be living out, like David said, right? Living in God's strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we'll we'll focus in on those and and start to figure out how to make sure that we're being strong. Cool. Good deal. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>